0: Welcome to this webinar and podcast from the Centre for Christianity in Society. It's the fourth episode in our series Conversations on Coronavirus. For more information about the Centre and to access our growing archive of articles, videos, and podcasts, please visit our website, www.christianityinsociety.org. You can also follow us on social media under the handle Christ in Society. In this series, we'll be looking at various aspects of how Christians are responding to the coronavirus crisis. And we have a range of different guests joining us each week to share from their own experiences of issues like loneliness, experiencing COVID-19 themselves, and also how this crisis affects our working lives. So in today's episode, I'm joined by Rachel Shields and Tim Houston from Crown Jesus Ministries. And it's great to be speaking to both of you today. Uh, this is a really interesting topic, and it's obviously one that's really important for us as Christians to be considering. Uh, so before we get started, I'll just ask you both to introduce yourself. So, so, Rachel, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure, thanks Michael, and hi everyone. Yes, my name is Rachel Shields. I am married to John and I have four children. I am involved with Centre for Christianity in Society, along with yourself, Michael, and Paul Coulter. And uh, last year, I started teaching up at the Belfast Bible College, teaching John's Gospel to the WSF women up there, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, Otherwise, I'm involved in doing an MLIT um, at St. Andrew's University in the Bible in the Contemporary World, which ties in very well with a lot of the themes that we're talking about today. So, So, yes, that's sort of what I do to keep myself occupied.
0: Great.
2: And um, what about yourself then, Tim? Yes. Hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Tim Houston. I live in Money Ray. My home church is Christian Fellowship Church in our South Belfast site. Uh, and I began working at Crown Jesus Ministries just over two years ago. So it's been a fantastic two years of, of communicating the gospel with a great team, you know, and just trying to work out how we can best um, mobilize and equip Christians across the whole island of Ireland, you know, to be sharing our faith and in culturally appropriate
0: and relevant ways you know so it's been
2: it's been a good time so
0: far great well it's fantastic to be talking to both of you and i'm really excited about this conversation today Uh, so rachel uh, whenever we look at the bible there is so much that we are commanded to do as, as christians and different aspects of our christian lives so why do you think evangelism in particular is so important
1: well, evangelism has always been something that has been the core defining characteristic of the Christian faith.
0: Mm.
1: And I think there can be the danger in our society, which tends towards individualism, and it's, it's all about me, um, that we, we tend to forget that the corporate sharing of our faith is just what is, is who we are, It's part of the very DNA of our Christian calling. So the Jesus's last words or last recorded words on earth to his disciples in Matthew 28 were to, to go, to make disciples, to teach and to baptize. And, and those commands are all very heavily active, you know, they're, they're verbs, they're action verbs. And and they are as true for us today as they were for the first disciples. Now, what they look like for us today is very different from what they would have looked like for the first disciples, Um, but they are still um, imperative for us. We are still called to go and to make disciples. And we have the challenge and the privilege of working out what that looks like for us today, particularly during this COVID-19 crisis, Mm -hmm. um, when we're really having to rethink um a lot of what it is you know what is this going to look like the calling is the same we're to go and make disciples and share our faith and tell everyone of the good news of jesus but the means how we do it that's that has to be under review
0: yeah definitely Um, and tim then how do you think that we as individuals can engage in evangelism even during this time because obviously all across the world uh people have seen their their freedom you know being restricted in order to fight this this crisis we're not able to share the gospel face to face with our friends and our families anymore so so how do you think that we can still engage in evangelism even during this this time of lockdown
2: yeah well i think first of all just to to move that question back one step and just to really affirm that we can still engage in evangelism you know that there is still so much power in the gospel in any circumstance that the, the church or society finds itself in. So for anyone kind of maybe thinking the mindset that that we can no longer still have the same voice that we used to, it's simply not true. and in, in fact, I think this is an incredible time for us to, to be able to work out how am I best bringing the, the truth of Jesus Christ to my community if we can't do it now in a time of great need and urgency, that then when can we? You know so we absolutely can all of us engage in evangelism throughout this difficult season and I guess even before uh, before kind of the lockdown period to take a look at the, the kind of this idea of us being in a postmodern culture in the Western world in general that there's always been a power in, in that postmodern culture of sharing our own story uh, but I feel now for us in lockdown where our uh, ability to meet in large groups is really prohibited. You know, the idea of Christians being able to share their own personal story to their neighbor over Facebook, over social media, in whatever digital platform we can get our hands on is so influential in communicating the truth of Christianity, you know, and um, I in broad strokes, if a postmodern culture has seen the ultimate truth and becoming subjective. You know, it's not why we're all here, but it's why am I here? The, the, the idea of looking for hope has become much more personalized. Mm-hmm. So for us in a society now dominated by lockdown, uncertainty, change of lifestyle, personal suffering, personal loss, loneliness your own story is going to be so valuable in communicating the universal truth of the gospel. You know, and I think ultimately, uh, as we work on the art of crafting our story and sharing it, maybe online, yes, but but also over the garden fence, you know, we're providing evidence for for, for the truth of the gospel to our society throughout this period. You know, I think people should hopefully look at our lives. They should hear our own personal story and actually see evidence for the hope that Jesus brings. You know, they should be looking at our lives and seeing evidence for the transforming work of the Holy Spirit in an individual. You know, in our mindsets, in our actions, in our personalities, people should see evidence for the truth of the gospel. You know, I often think about like um, the the fruit of of the spirit, for example, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, joy. Those are valuable commodities to have in this period that we find ourselves in, you know, in in a global scale with coronavirus, you know, so as we're kind of coming close to God and, uh, and hungering to be filled with his spirit, as we grow in these things, we're almost just... this message to to everyone around us that there is still hope in Jesus you know so I think one of the main ways that we can still be active in evangelism is to get our own personal stories out there sometimes that's actually easier In, in a group context you know I'm aware of of quite a few churches who have kind of strategically released uh testimonies of people in their own congregations mm-hmm. over a period of weeks you know i think that's a great idea to get people to think um how can i relate this to my own life you know um that's because really, yeah
0: yeah that's so helpful tim just the connecting with people's stories and that being so powerful for many people where some people they might not want to listen to a half-hour sort of detailed argument on, on a passage of scripture as, as helpful as, as useful as that, uh, as that is, and yet they may just connect with someone's story. Um, Rachel then, I mean, one of the things you touched upon there, Tim, was the use of, of social media, of other things, online courses. So, Rachel, do you think then that there are potential benefits from the increased online communication that
1: we've seen in the last few months? Yeah, absolutely, Michael. I think without doubt. Uh, there was a recent survey done by Tearfund, um, an arm of Christian aid, and it um, statistically came up with the fact that between 18 and 35 year olds, there's much more interest now in tapping into a religious service or um, some kind of religious talk than there had been before. Uh, there was also the Church of England, they put an online sort of prayer hotline and within 48 hours of it opening they had over 6,000 people phoning in requesting prayer for themselves, for their family or just for society in general as people struggled. So there really is an increased need and an increased desire and so it's it's up to the church, you know, it's up to us as Christians to respond to that. So just as, as Tim was saying, you know, to sort of engage with people over the garden fence, even if it is just, you know, how can I pray for you? And what we do individually, then we can do corporately as a church body. So we could be putting up, you know, prayer hotlines and saying, look, we are here. We will pray for you. We will happily help carry this load that you are bearing. There are also online courses, courses that aren't new necessarily to the church, Christianity Explored, the Alpha courses. But I think with it being a social media context, it's easier for people potentially to engage with those courses. You know, it's quite daunting to get in your car, go somewhere you don't know, you know, negotiate a church building, lots of introductions, and then you're sort of sitting through worrying how am I going to get away before somebody sort of grabs me? Whereas if you can just click in and tune in in the privacy of your own home, you have much more freedom of access without sort of feeling that maybe people are looking at you Mm -hmm. so there's a lot that we can be doing just as a church Mm -hmm. to answer this need that people have you know to tap into not tap into their vulnerability they are vulnerable but be able to to be able to say look we understand we're all in this together there's a great unifying factor in this covid 19 Mm -hmm. it's no longer a them and us it's Mm -hmm. we're all here together but potentially we feel that we have answers or we have things that help us and we would like to share them with you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think all of those things can be very usefully applied at this time.
0: Yeah, that's really helpful. Um, and as you both talked about there, a really important aspect of sharing the gospel is is doing just that, it's using our words to share the truth about who Jesus is. But what about Tim then not just sharing the the message of the gospel but actually then living it out? What do you think? living out our christian faith looks like during during this time yeah
2: i don't want this to be taken the wrong way but i think there's there's something of a simplicity that has been returned to what that looks like and in, in a state of lockdown in, in the sense of we're no longer faced with all these different options of where to be missional but but we're almost given the one option you can be missional on your own street Because you're not necessarily allowed to go and do stuff corporately elsewhere, you know. So I think ultimately it's simplified right down for me on my street, for example. It's how can I bless my neighbors? You know, how can I be a good neighbor today? Because I find myself in this time, I'm guaranteed that most of my neighbors are going to be in along with me right we're going to be spending a lot of time within a very close radius to people some of whom, let's be honest some of them we just don't know very well but if lockdown isn't a time to radically bless our neighbors with um provision and prayer and conversation and compassion and empathy then when is you know so i feel that this is a really special gift of a time to demonstrate the sacrificial love and gentleness and care of Jesus to the people, you know, one door to our left and to our right, you know, and and I love this because it's almost coming right back to the foundational core of what it truly means to be a Christian, you know, loving Christ and loving our neighbor. It's a beautiful command that Jesus would, would want us to do that because there's such a simplicity. Every Christian, regardless of experience, regardless of education, background, culture, denomination, every Christian through the indwelling power of the spirit has the ability to love God and love others. So it's a simple question how can I love and bless my neighbors today? It doesn't have to be grand acts. It's just, it's just the small things. You know, it's, it's conversation. It's time. It's in, in, in our own home. It's, it's opening our front door when we can. It's praying for our neighbors. Do we know their names? To be able to pray for them in a persevering and bold way, to pray for revival on your own street. There's a beautiful simplicity to it, and I love it.
0: Yeah. That's really good Um, and obviously the coronavirus crisis, we're by no means at the end of it. This is something that we're going to have to live with for quite some time and we hope and pray that the restrictions will be lifted and we'll be able to meet together soon as a church family and be able to do mission in the ways that we did do before. But that may be a long way off, so between now and then what do you think Christian faithfulness looks like? I guess that's a question. For both of you so we'll go uh rachel uh, to you first
1: yeah thanks michael uh, there's a, a sort of maybe long forgotten doctrine that's sort of been ringing through my head over the past a few months and that is the priesthood of all believers you may or may not have heard about that uh, depending on your church setting but i think it's a vitally important doctrine i think it always has been but it particularly is just having resonance with me at the moment there has been i think a tendency in the church and in the structures of the church to to allocate leaders and these poor leaders you know they're expected to be the pastoral care worker and the organizer and the teacher and the preacher and and then they begin to sort of go ashen and you begin to wonder why they're staggering when they walk whereas you know christ has always called us to this body you know we are the body of christ and every part of that body has its own part to play and so increasingly as we are no longer maybe able to rely on the structures as we were a couple of months ago I really do feel that Christ is calling us to step up and to, to deploy ourselves as that priesthood of believers um, there's there's a lovely quote that I heard somebody say recently that was along the lines that you know no matter how thinly you slice up a general um, you know you're always going to end up just with a sliced up general mm-hmm. but if you want an army deploy your congregation and I think we now are the congregation we are we're Christians and God is asking us to deploy ourselves Mm -hmm. and I think what it looks like is just as Tim was saying you know engage but also be different I have a a very close friend and uh, one of the things that she did, just very, very simple things. One of the things that she did when everybody was stockpiling as we began to sort of, as lockdown was threatening and toilet rolls became, you know, number one uh, commodity to acquire, she would go around and say, look, do you need anything? Because I have and I will share with you. You know, if you need a toilet roll, I have some. Anything you need, come to me and I'll share. And that just stopped people in its tracks because it was no longer about me, 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 and looking after me. It was, look, can I care for you? Can I bless you in any way? Mm-hmm. So it's very often it's not rocket science. It's not that we have to have you know, the, a cast iron way of being able to sort of communicate the gospel effectively. Christ works through the smallest of actions and the Holy Spirit speaks through the smallest of actions. And I think as you say, this is going to be with us for a while. We are... Um, not going to see a sudden shift so things are going to go back to the way that they were so it's about being faithful in the small things that christ has given us and being willing to speak people are wanting to hear people are feeling vulnerable their world has been shaken a virus i think it's what 120 nanometers in diameter has basically brought the global world to its knees Mm -hmm. and um, christ has equipped us to speak we just have to be faithful and speak
0: yeah yeah that's really helpful. and the same question then to you Tim. Any thoughts you know, I guess that there's a, a danger
2: that we need to be on guard against in, in terms of we're now several months into not being able to gather together as the corporate church you know and and what wouldn't be good, I think is, is for people to to get so used to not meeting together that we actually forget the beauty and necessity of belonging to a wider family, you know, the body of Christ. We are a a unified group of people who corporately seek the kingdom. So I, I really hope that that we don't become like individualistic in our outlook of seeking the kingdom by necessity of not being able to gather together. You know, so I think part of the challenge, um, that, that we have to ask as, as churches going forward is how can we maintain a sense of community and unity and cohesion and um, family whilst not being able to meet together, you know, and as Zoom apathy sets in, anyone who's spent a lot of time on Zoom knows what I'm talking about. Zoom apathy is quickly setting in what we need to be prayerfully working out how how can we maintain close bonds as brothers and sisters in Christ throughout this time of social lockdown you know but I guess alongside that there's a massive benefit because we're also kind of being forced now to ask ourselves the question how can I make my own home this kind of hub of missional activity You know, what what does that look like for for me and and my family or for me and my roommate to kind of to work out how we can be this hub of prayer and the gospel being communicated and discipleship and worship. What does that look like to actually have that in my own living room? You know, and and that really excites me because it's almost going back to, to the roots of, of people gathering in people's homes, almost like you read, you read about in Acts sometimes, you know, about people's homes where this hub for activity um, and seeking of the kingdom. But I guess that'll look different for all of us, depending on our own kind of setting and where we live. But there's a way forward, but I think we need to be willing that it looks very different um, but God can work in the midst of different circumstances and whenever our hearts are set on seeking the kingdom, he will be glorified. You know?
0: Yeah, that's great. And I think from what both of you have said today, that's often where we tend to think of this crisis as presenting huge challenges, which it always does, of course. But actually in the midst of that, there are wonderful opportunities to share the gospel, uh, whether through online courses, but also more fundamentally perhaps uh, in our own homes. As you say there, Tim, being a kind of hub for missional activity. I really, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's great. And unfortunately, that's uh, all the time we have for today. So thank you so much for that discussion. Uh, and if you would like to hear or watch more of our resources, um, you can access that at christianityinsociety.org, uh, or you can contact us through at Christ in Society, uh, if you'd like to c- continue the conversation. So until next time, Goodbye.